Hello and welcome to the Erwin Mitchell podcast, here to keep you up to date with the legal news that matters to you in the leisure, retail, hospitality sectors. My name's Charlotte Rees-John and I'm the head of Erwin Mitchell's leisure and retail hospitality team. Each month we'll look at the latest sector news and provide expert commentary. It's been a busy month for the sector, with stories including British brands attracting overseas investment, McDonald's facing mounting harassment allegations, the betting and gaming industry being urged to prepare for the upcoming set of consultations in relation to the gambling review, and the retail sector being in the top three UK sectors for dealing with equal pay disputes. You can read more on all of these stories in our monthly newsletter. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Catherine Palmer, who is a commercial partner in the sector team and also heads up our French desk. From optimising supply chains to revolutionising trend predictions and enhancing the customer experience, artificial intelligence can be a real asset to the fashion industry. Catherine recently chaired a seminar hosted by the Franco-British Data Society at the French Ambassador's Residence in London. Very smart. The seminar looked at the impact on AI, including the benefits of the virtual try-on revolution and the role of AI in the creative process. During today's podcast, and with the benefit of Catherine's insight, we're going to focus on artificial intelligence in the fashion industry. We'll explain why there's a reluctance to fully embrace it in the creative process, the issues around intellectual property, the environmental benefits and more. So let's get started. We've got a lot to cover. So Catherine, welcome. Do you, would you like to introduce yourself to start off with? Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, everybody. I'm Catherine Palmer and I'm a former GC in fashion, principally in Joseph Fashion House. And uh, I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you very much. I suppose my first question for you is, are we actually seeing an increase in brands using AI or is this all, all a bit of, bit of talk and, and not actually that many people are using it? Well, it's difficult to say yes or no to that question uh, because it depends where in the process of fashion. And I think by way of introduction as well, it might be worth thinking about the whole process for a fashion house, for a maison. So... And, and, and then that will help us identify where AI is helpful and as an additional technology and where it's less helpful. So if we think of the beginning of the journey in terms of trend analysis, building the, the collection, uh, building the mood of the collection for the next season. The next stage in terms of the creative process making sure that what you're creating is in line with the maison, but also in line with trends and has always that creative element, that newness, which is what consumers are looking for. Then we go through the atelier process, the factory, and then we come to the consumers, uh, the marketing, the presentation, to the consumer, the try-on, the e-commerce, etc. So AI is going to be helpful at different stages or not, as the case may be. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. It's a really helpful overview. So I, I suppose a question is what you've talked about there can be a benefit, maybe not a benefit, depending on where we are in the process. But but what what, what are the main benefits as you would see it? So the main benefits in this whole process is is at the element of analysis and trend. Of course, AI can be very useful in terms of simplifying getting a lot of information, uh, analysing that information. So um, all that process, which already exists, but which can be uh, much more focused. Creatively, we're going to come back to that in terms of the IP issues and concerns in terms of using AI from a, in, in the creative process. Um, then in terms of when, in terms of the part when you're actually going to the consumer. So everything in relation to the try-on revolution, um, being really um, quite focused be in what you're presenting to your customers and also being able to try on online much more uh, with avatars and, 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 and the advantage for there from a business point of view will be to minimize waste. Um, so to help the consumer make the right choice rather than order three items of the same dress, for example. So huge advantage there. So, uh, so it's an advantage from a business point of view, but of course, more broadly, from a sustainability point of view in terms of reducing waste, uh, which is something that the fashion industry has been criticised for a lot, and uh, and also in terms of service to the client. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, isn't it? I, I think, um, you know, one of the big challenges for the sector is returns, isn't it? And I think that if if there is um, a way of reducing returns and getting people to to get it right the first time round, then that's got to be seen as as an advantage. So you mentioned there about the creative process. So talk a bit more about that for us around some of the challenges, how AI might impact that creative process. The creative side was what was really discussed quite um, vigorously at the event at the um, at the ambassador's residence, and it came out in the end that the answer was more no to using AI in the creative process. But that will be that will depend on the house, will depend on the maison. Um, the reason for saying no or real reluctance is this sense that creating is very much of a human activity. So from the point of view of the designers, it was their thoughts, their emotions, their understanding of what's going on in fashion, their sensitivity, their understanding to what's going on. So the, so from the creative process, but also this is connected to both the legal process and, and also a business content. From a legal perspective, there is the whole issue of intellectual property. And when you're starting to talk about creativity, you're, you're talking about copyright, you're talking about ownership of designs, and uh, and and if this is 
if you have something created by a non-human, who owns that IP? Who owns that design? Um, even when it's modified, who still owns it? Is it um, because you can't really have a robot owning a design? So that's from the, the legal side. And, and this also has an impact, and, and, and there was a lot of discussion from a business side, because there was a sense that creating a, a splendid dress, an unusual, a novel coat, is similar to art in many ways. And as consumers, especially of high fashion, what you're wanting to buy as a consumer is that little piece of the of the creator's um, originality. And so you're losing maybe from a business point of view as a fashion house, if you're losing that link, uh, that very obvious link with the with the creative director. So I think uh, I mean, I think that's fascinating. And I think perhaps there are. Um, different challenges depending on uh, where you sit within the fashion industry. So I, I can uh, anticipate that fast fashion may not have as many of the concerns that you just described around intellectual property as compared, as you say, to the fashion houses, which basically that is what they are uh, able to charge uh, a, a, a um, a higher price, shall we say, for their customised pieces, because, as you say, they are customised. They are a little piece of art. I, I really like that description, Catherine. Each business will have to look at how it could impact them on an individual basis, because I think the challenges could, could be quite different uh, depending on where they sit within the marketplace. So I suppose that brings us quite nicely um, onto whether or not there's any other legal challenges um, that we can foresee around the use of AI. And we've talked about IP. I wonder whether um, some of the other challenges are around our employment models. Um, so within organisations, who we have employed doing what and what we will need in the future. Was that discussed at all or were people more, more focused on, on, the, on the creative? It wasn't discussed in that particular um, session. But but yes, you're absolutely right, and th and this is an issue for, for for all employers, in terms of the how this is impacting um, people in their organisations and uh, in the creative industries. This is particularly strong. So we talk about fashion, but the same would be in 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 music. In uh, uh, we've seen the demonstrations and the strikes in Hollywood in terms of writers. So, so yes, it's, it's to what extent um, do you manage that in terms of um, people feeling that uh, their, their skills and, and also their, their hum, what, they, what they bring to their work as human beings might be taken away or, or ignored. And I think as, as well as you know, needing expert advice around intellectual pro property, uh, hopefully from our ex excellent colleague, Georgie, who specialises in this area. But I think also another area is around commercial contracts, because I think that 
Um, there is a big data protection issue, as we already know, arising from AI, the collection of data. And it crosses my mind that the idea of having uh, an avatar in your own likeness, one assumes with your weight, uh, with the, your body shape, um, one assumes that is, is all, all that data you're going to need to import, uh, which is already happening to a certain extent without the avatar. You know, now when we go shopping online, you're asked to put in certain data so that they can come up with uh, what might be the best size. One assumes that there are data protection issues which businesses need to be thinking about in terms of the collection of that data. And then also in relation to their commercial co contracts, if they're using uh, suppliers or supply chain to um, operate the systems or to, or to gather that information. Is, is that something that, that, that you've seen people thinking about? Yes, absolutely. There's the whole data privacy, confidentiality, and also trade secrets piece, which uh, which needs to be looked at. And but th th there's also looking at it more for moving away from law as, as just protecting things. There's also law as as helping in terms of seeing how to use new technology. So I don't want to to what I'm saying or what I've said about creativity to, to come across as, as negative or a negative approach in terms of AI, because there are great things and, and fashion has always been very good at using new technology. And maybe an element would be, for example, smart fabrics or um, um, so things that are being used or, or, or being explored by, by fashion as as something to bring into their collections is something to look at and and of course when you've got new technology new ideas there's a protection not only uh, from an ip point of view but also from a commercial point of view uh, in terms of how are we going to develop if you have two companies a fashion house and 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 a, and a, a developer and a, and a, of new uh, fabrics and um smart fabrics, how are we going to work together? And those are quite interesting and, and detailed new types of contracts that are needed. Okay, so I think it might might be worth, and I know this is the the, the million dollar question, and, and we can certainly make a million pounds if we could answer this accurately, but is it possible for us just to have a think about what the future looks like around AI? Where, where, where do you see us in, in five years time, Catherine? Well, the world is asking itself that question from AI. You have, on the one hand, uh, the 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 creators of AI who are saying seem to be very very nervous and saying this is uh, an existential threat, and then uh, and then you have academics and and developers on the other side saying, uh, oh well, no, this is uh, AI is at a very early stage and. Uh, and uh, and not a threat and, and and something to be used. It's 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 difficult uh, if you're not an 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 AI expert expert in the technology itself to take a position. I think from a from a point of view of a retailer, there's an element of moving along cautiously, um, realizing what the threats are. We've talked about the threats in terms of all the risks 
for, for fashion in terms of uh, IP, in terms of data protection, in terms of data um, trade secrets, etc. Um, but also looking at the fantastic opportunities and how to rein those in, in terms of the, uh, uh, there's a real try on uh, revolution, I would say, in terms of um, being able to try on clothes online. And, and, and this is becoming more and more sophisticated. Um, better and better offers as to as to how to do this and um, and, and and in terms of technology generally with the um, smart fabric so so it's it's both a cautious approach um but also saying well let, let's look at the the opportunities as if you're a retailer or a fashion house yeah i think that's that's absolutely right and i think that it is here we are already using AI. Uh, it's We are not able to put it back in the box. So I think that's absolutely right. What's important now is that businesses are uh, factoring in to their overall ESG, overarching ESG strategy, um, AI and how that impacts. So there's, there's been quite a lot of discussion around how AI impacts environmentally. And I think that that is something that we will hear more about over the coming months and years in relation to actually the impact on the environment that the use of the supercomputers and the heating and cooling. Again, I'm not an expert in this area, Catherine, but I think that is, an, that is something that is a topic as a business that part of our ESG strategy we need to be aware of that AI does, does have an impact. And again, it impacts from a social perspective because of the changing skills and requirements for our employees, for our staff, for our recruitment. Um, it is going to have an impact there. And having a, a workforce that is able to um, anticipate change, come along on that journey and not feel afraid or isolated, uh, again, will be, will be quite critical. And for me, that's about continuing this dialogue, having open conversations, not turning uh, your back on AI or putting your head in the sand, but embracing it um, and, and really looking at how it will impact and having those open discussions with your colleagues, with your boards, right down to your employees on the shop floor um, so that everybody um, is aware of what's going on and, and doesn't see it, as you say, as that uh, that frightening threat, as it is described in, in some quarters. So I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Owen Mitchell podcast. If you found it interesting, then please make sure you follow our channel and tune in for our next episode to hear more about the latest sector insights in leisure, retail and hospitality. 